Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Balls, welcome to the Odd and Offbeat podcast hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever disconcerting Louis Fox. That's right. I, I hate being concerting <laughs> so much. You you hate it so much, you diss it on a regular basis. <laughs> so much. It's like 1990s Yo, East Coast, West Coast rap. So disconcerting. Your mom is so disconcerting. <laughs> when your mom <laughs> disconcerts around the house, she really disconcerts around the house. There you go. Nice, Louis. So what's uh what's going on, man? Did you survive? We recently went to a friend's farm. Yes, not a weed farm. I don't. He actual... may have. He may in the back forty. He may have. Yeah, had some weed he, growing. He had like twenty acres down in a town that we had never been to. And uh, however, I think I've performed at the school there. Oh, really? We yes. we passed a nuclear silo silo on the way there, which is always no. You know, you're going somewhere. That's nice. where you want your organic uh, <laughs> eggs from, <laughs> downwind from the nuclear plant. <laughs> and yeah, that's probably why you got it so cheap, right? <laughs> that's why that goat had seven horns. <laughs> Uh, it was fun. It was interesting to see how much work it actually takes to run a farm. Yes. And for me, I'm like, no thanks. I want a co-op farm where I just do like Wednesday. Oh, yeah? Where you like, this is, I have this goat available on Wednesdays. <laughs> whatever, whatever I get, it's milk. That's what I get. Yeah, whatever, 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 whatever it produces on Wednesday. I'm in. It could be beets, <laughs> could be eggs. All right. Could be alpaca meat. <laughs> What do you think of the farm? Yeah, I agree. I, it was a lot of work. He had, uh, I believe, like 12 goats, two alpacas, a shit ton of chickens, some geese, and some three ducks. hostages in the bomb shelter. <laughs> Pretty much. I, he had bees. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it seemed like a lot of work. Here's the thing. If you're going to build a bomb shelter... The way in and out has to be disguised as a beehive because no one would mess with that. Well, I love because his property is, I believe, 10 or 20 acres. Yeah. And he, it's completely surrounded by blackberry bushes. And he was like, I'm trying to cut it so there's only one way in and only one way out. Like, All right. Dude. Unless they have a weed whacker. <laughs> yeah. It was have, like, have you been through my blackberry bush maze for $5? Essentially, that was what it was. It's like they're already in a maze if they made it to your house in the first yeah. place. Yeah, well, because your GPS was like, turn left. So you turn left on the road, not the dirt road. Yeah, right? <laughs> then you got to do a Dukes of Hazard jump <laughs> over the ravine. <laughs> over the ravine. <laughs> well, a couple, couple guys with Confederate flags wave them at you <laughs> and shoot bottle rockets. Yeah, it was uh, it was very scary. I was like, man, I don't, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I could sign up to do that much work on a farm. Yeah. Well, and he, I mean, there there were some things where I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I get why you have the chickens for the eggs. Mm. And that seems relatively maintenance-free. Yeah. Especially, he had like a chime thing that summoned the chickens at night and an automatic door that shuts. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, if the chickens aren't in by 9 o'clock and this automatic door shuts, they are toast by the coyotes. It's coyote food central. And he was like, none of them ever missed the... <laughs> yeah. It's like the chime is like, you know, the intermission. Ding, ding, ding. It's <laughs> About to start in five minutes. Yeah, I think it happened maybe once. And other chickens are like, screw that. Yeah. 
that does not look like a fun and way to go. And then when the chicken's being torn apart by the coyotes at night, all the chickens are like, see, you should have come in. You had five-minute warning. You were diddly-dallying out in the That's in the what field. happens when you're late for curfew. Yeah. Coyotes get you. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild, but we got a lot of eggs and got some duck eggs. Got we some got soap. Soap. Goat, goat milk soap. So here's what one of the things I learned, too, is like to make money from a farm is virtually impossible. Yeah. Uh, unless you be you're like an actual farm operation where you get certified and all that. Otherwise, you're selling like, oh, these eggs are not for human consumption. And you're like, what does that mean? Yeah, like these that. eggs are for for egging cars <laughs> and your principal's house. Well, I but didn't don't know. Eat them. What, that's what I learned was that eggs last can last a hundred years if you don't wash the mucus off of them. Yeah. Initially. You, you never heard of the Chinese hundred year eggs? No. You can get those in Chinatown. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're actually only aged like 50 days, but, oh, okay. <laughs> but they call them 100-year-old eggs. Because <laughs> they taste like 100 years? They're weird. Um, they're like black. Ah. Yeah, they're in congee. Okay. So they're in soup. It's good. Nice. Maybe, I'll, maybe on my way home today, I'll swing by Chinatown, get you some 100-year-old eggs. You'll love it. I don't need 100-year-old. I got eggs that I'm going to keep for 100 <laughs> years as an experiment. I'm going to make my own 100-year-old eggs. Yeah. Here's what you should do, actually. You should keep one in your museum. And like the date it was laid on, mm. you have to make it up. But and then it just has a little plaque, and it sits there. Hundred years. Yeah. All right. You know, I'll I'll go buy some acrylic, and we can put it inside uh, clear resin. All right. Ah, let's do it. Let's do it. With this toilet paper is <laughs> two hundred and thirty years. <laughs> yes, this is actually... this MacBook, this original MacBook. <laughs> It's fascinating. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get some stories, Louie. Let's do it. get to some weird news. This story comes from local12.com. That's a news source more reliable than the coffee after a Mormon church service. Yeah, you know, growing up, not the best coffee. How would you end up being a coffee guy? It's, that was my rebellion, Louie. That's how I <laughs> rebelled against the, the man. Some people get tattoos. Some people ride a motorbike. You drank coffee. I drank some coffee. <laughs> and never stopped, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel. This you know, story... We got coffee yesterday and you forgot about it in my car. Yeah. And then you went out to the car to drink it. <laughs> and I chugged the whole thing. Because we were in a Mexican back in And right back to my margarita. <laughs> this story goes, woman charged $5,700 for cup of coffee struggles to get refund. I like how she's probably like, this isn't worth almost six grand. <laughs> This was the worst $5,000 latte I've ever had. Some people's $5,000 mistake is buying a car that's a lemon. Hers, cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, they really over-roasted this one. When that guy said, for the price of a cup of coffee a day, I can fund these kids in Africa. <laughs> I can afford that gold-plated toilet. A charge of $5,700 for a coffee 
That's a latte. Nah. A Colorado woman foolishly thought the obvious error of being overcharged would be easily fixed, but she's still trying to clear it up. I wonder if it's legit and it was just like the coffee. She ordered the coffee that's made out of like the beans that are pooped out by the animal. By the monkey? Yeah. The Guyana? Uh, yeah, that would be less than what I think this is. I think you can get that for like a couple hundred dollars. This is like blood coffee. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Honestly, uh, I just thought that was the actual price of a Starbucks Frappuccino. <laughs> like, really, it was, they're just going to refund her $53. Yes. <laughs> Lisa Angelos says she grabbed a drink from Starbucks with a friend on Christmas Eve. Oh, there's the problem right there. Surge pricing. Yeah, absolutely. That's the problem with would you like to add a tip before they actually make the, <laughs> you know, like the, with the COVID stuff where they're doing all the typing in themselves. Would you like to add a tip to this? Uh, sure. 50 cents. Oh, you meant $5,000? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's weird. We've been getting coffee while we're traveling and... In Oregon, they take your card and then they hand you your card back and they're like, move along. I get no paperwork yeah. to verify they didn't bad finger yeah, It's it. true. Yeah. The next Monday, she got a notice from her bank saying she had insufficient funds. That's when Angelo discovered the erroneous charge. It was a legit charge. Like she, I'm assuming, well, I don't know. She probably didn't actually sign anything for it, but... Um, yeah, maybe she didn't see it, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. They do just take the card, they run it, and then you move along. So it's like... There is no verification. How come that didn't get caught by the manager? Because that's like, we sold a thousand more cups of coffee today than we normally sell. Yeah, right? How are we not out of cups? Looks like we sold that one $4,500 drink we have on the menu. <laughs> I knew it happened. She should write to Guinness because they have the most expensive order at Starbucks. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Wh a category. Which is what? Um, it's always super crazy and exotic. Really? Yeah, I think there are rules too. Like you can only have a It's Mac one drink. It has to be one drink. But yeah, it, it ends up being like a $150 coffee. Yeah. I have never had in, insufficient funds fee before, she said. I'm very, very careful with what money is in there and how I pay my bills. The $5.70 was entered into the total amount twice, creating a bill of $5,705.70. That's a trip to Paris. Cinnamon Dolce Latte, she said. <laughs> oh, at least she can laugh about it, right? Yeah, but a trip to Paris is more like two grand. Yeah, I think it's cheaper than that. I've been to Paris with like... $450. Yeah, no, I think our flight for the three of us to Paris that got canceled last year was 1100 bucks. Yeah. Agilo said she assumed it would be an easy fix, but that small error has turned into a months-long back and forth among her, the bank, and the coffee company. Her bank is a subsidiary of the Starbucks Corporation. Where, where do you bank at? S-Bucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I am caught in the middle. No one has my back and no one's listening. I want my money returned to me. Angelo said she has, was told in January that she'd been issued a refund, but the money is still missing. And it doesn't even matter whose fault it is anymore. I just want it rectified. I want it made right. Well, they're working on There's a lot of paperwork. So, okay. I used to have a magic kit company, and I fat-fingered a sale. Uh -huh. So it was like very similar. It was like a $21 sale, and it was $2,100. Uh-huh. And I, I noticed it, but it already like batched out for the day. Yeah. So then I had to get a refund from my company to refund this guy. And then what was happening though, my bank goes, this transition looks suspicious. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I called you about it an hour ago. Yeah. And then it ended up being a whole like, a lot of managers were involved. The, thing the, guy, is, the guy was super cool. Too. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, you want your money back, just hire a lawyer have them write a letter to Starbucks. Yep. And if they don't respond, then you sue them. Yeah. You you 
and that you have your money back ASAP. You have it back really because it's going to cost them 30 grand to fight that. $5, yeah, it's like, fee. exactly. This is just another reason on why I hate Starbucks. <laughs> right? She's like, oh, this latte tastes a lot like uh, my heat getting shut off. <laughs> you can really taste. It's got a back palate of eviction. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of messed up and it does make me want to look at my bank account and check, make sure this, because I don't really go through my bank accounts that often mm-hmm. and check on this stuff. And I imagine this shit happens all the time, dude. Oh, I bet it does. Just like, a dollar here, $2 there. You know, if I was a waiter, I would do that all the you time. You would up tip it? Oh yeah. Constantly. I turned that, uh, three into an eight. Yeah. All the time. And I, yeah, no one's, no one's probably checking. No. Um, I mean, me, I would notice because I round everything up to an even number. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I probably wouldn't then. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you were smart and saw what I was doing, you wouldn't add 53 cents to it. <laughs> what, what criminal's adding 53 cents at a time? <laughs> well, the, the one that doesn't get caught. Yeah, true. It's the, well, and also the one that still works at Starbucks yeah. for the rest of their life. <laughs> it's the Superman, <laughs> Superman ploy where he's stealing the fractions of the penny. Yeah, well, I hope she gets the money back oh. and... Uh, Oh, that just reminded me. The I said fraction. I did a purchase of a thing that was discounted. Actually, that mic stand that was right there, uh-huh. and it was discounted to a fraction of a penny. And the guy's like, "My computer's making me charge you like two tenths of a penny." He's like, "I don't know how this is gonna play out." He's like, "So it may be like you know, and fifty-two cents. It may be fifty-three. He's like, let me know what happens. Yeah, it might be ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Who knows?" <laughs> We might, the computer can't handle Y2K all over again. The computers will be shut down. Yeah. Can't handle the fractions. All right, I like it. Yep. Weird News Story Part The. This story comes from BBC.com. That's a news source more reliable than either of us posting on Twitter. Yeah, we do have a Twitter account, but it rarely gets used. We don't even know if we have followers. We don't know the login. We, I don't even know how to get to Twitter. It's not on the dark web. <laughs> and this has to do with Twitter. It has to do with Twitter's founder, Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet sells for $2.9 million. And that was the cost of his soul when he let Trump start tweeting. Essentially, the tweet which said, just setting up my Twitter was first published on March 21st, 2006 and was auctioned off by Mr. Dorsey for charity. And he spelled Twitter wrong, T-W-T-T-R. So apparently... Back then, you had to keep it within 15 letters. (laughs) No vowels. (laughs) 140 characters, no vowels. At least he's donating the money to charity and not donating the the actual tweet to charity. Wait, so Twitter's just barely 14 years old. Yeah. I think, according to its own terms of service, Twitter couldn't use service until this year. Absolutely. The Malaysian... Based buyer, Sina Estavi, compared the purchase to buying a Mona Lisa painting. That, that's right. I think his, his the first tweet just said not much Twitter. <laughs> just, yeah, very similar. But the, well, the original title for the Mona Lisa was just about to paint on my eyebrows. <laughs> that's why she looks a little uh, confused because she's trying to set up her Twitter account. <laughs> she's trying to remember a login. <laughs> she's like, how do I say how awesome I am in only 140 characters? <laughs> And that's what I think about Jack Dorsey when I hear his name. I'm like, you know, that guy's the Da Vinci of short sentences. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The tweet was bought using the Ether cryptocurrency, a rival to Bitcoin. First of all, I don't understand this cryptocurrency. B, I wouldn't accept it. Yeah. It was sold as a non-fungible token, an NFT, 
on Monday to Mr. Astavi, the chief executive of technology firm Bridge Oracle. I think NFT stands for nice F and tweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of money to sell a tweet, right? Uh, I'm thinking you got to sell it for $150 or less. Yeah, right? $140 or less. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you like? What what do you what makes this unique? I mean, they talk about how they authenticate it. Well, they do. Talk, he talks about it a little bit later. Uh, why he thinks it's unique, but it's like what what? It's kind of silly. It's like what you're going to collect. Like what you have. Tom from MySpace first profile picture. You've got the first AOL install disc. I will trade you one AOL rookie CD-ROM for three Series 3. An NFT is a unique digital certificate that states who owns a photo, video, or other form of online media. Now, I always thought that was a copyright certificate. I guess... It's different. Each NFT is unique and acts as a collector's item that can't be duplicated, making them rare by design. So he's just buying a string of numbers. It's like when you buy a star and you're like, you have Centurion 14-3. I know. Well, I actually am in a legal dispute right now over uh, who owns a star. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been a two-year ongoing (laughs) legal battle. (laughs) Nine million in legal fees. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you up against with? Uh, God. <laughs> NFTs have He's been... like, I created all of this. Not really, God. Dude, let's see the certificate of authenticity. Where's your NFT, bro? <laughs> NFTs have become hugely popular this year with expensive digital artwork also being sold this way. Mr. Dorsey said he would convert the proceeds to Bitcoin and then donate them to Give Directly's Africa Response Fund. All right, this feels like how a drug transaction would work. You have to start with one Bitcoin. You got to convert it to another cryptocurrency. It starts as an NFT. It's a non-fungible thing. And then it goes to Bitcoin. Now it's going to a charity in Africa. This is exactly how that, like, that Harvard admission scam works. Pretty much. This you know, for all the energy they're going to spend processing all the Bitcoin to make these transactions, they could probably fund this charity for like three years. Oh, yeah, right? This is not just a tweet Mr. Estavi posted on Twitter. <laughs> I think years later, people will realize the true value of this tweet, like the Mona Lisa painting. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's going to go, you know what? I had a chance to buy that first tweet in like 2007 for like $13. Yeah. Should have done it, man. I regret it every day. But here's the thing. You own it, but you don't own it in that it's going to stay on Twitter. Right? So everyone can see it in its original form, how it was given to us. But here's the thing is Twitter will be obsolete in, let's say, 25 years. Okay. Right? And so that's you are you're owning something that is so obsolete and archaic and it's not going to be worth anything right it's like having a receipt from the very first blockbuster like on the first day they were open like speaking of obsolete things i just spent 38 dollars on a telegraph typer yeah that's a tangible item (laughs) though that's true and you can actually do something with that if you learn to send telegraphs find my telegraph buddy if i yeah. if i invent a time machine <laughs> yeah. to you got to hack it into the phone line man <laughs> mr dorsey's brief tweet was sold via an auction on an online platform called valuables which is owned by the us based company sent under the platform's rules mr dorsey receives 95% of the proceeds of the primary sale, while Cent receives 5%. Wow, because most of the auctions, there's a buyer premium. It's like 20%. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think I think the the guy may have made a good deal then. But the post will remain publicly available on Twitter even after it has been auctioned off within minutes of the auction bids reach more than $88,000. Wow. You know what I did uh, for this? I looked up the value of all my tweets over mm-hmm. my 12 years of being on Twitter. Yeah. $17. Nice. Yeah. I would cash that in now. Yeah. yeah. Cash that in. <laughs> Now, as the buyer, Mr. The market's peaking. They're like, they're like, sell, you, sell, they're like you owe us sixteen dollars. Actually, as a buyer, Mr. Astafi will receive a certificate digitally signed and verified by Mr. Dorsey, as well as the metadata of the original tweet. This data will include information such as the time the tweet was posted and its text contents. Social media experts predict the sale of tweets and other online posts will become more popular. It feels like a rich dude throwing away money. I agree. It's like you have too much money if you're buying people's tweets. Yes. We live in an age where celebrities, musicians, and influencers have more than fans. They have stands, and they will want to own a piece of their favorite star, said Kathy Hackle, founder of Technology Consulting Futures Intelligence Group. What the hell's a stand? I don't know. They don't explain that. And I own a lot of artifacts. I just bought a bunch of presidential artifacts, yeah. letters from various presidents. And I think that was pretty cool, but... I like the disclaimer that came with what you bought. What? <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he gets all these, like, like a Warren Harding canceled check, and then it comes with the disclaimer, this may or may not be real. Yeah, well, it says, we think this is real, but it's up to you to authenticate it. You're like, how can I do that before I bought it? Yeah, right? Just like people buy physical memorabilia, they will buy their tweets, posts, and snaps because they want to feel close to that star. I just bought Little John's Pinky Finger for $47. Nice. I'm very excited about that. Earlier this month, the first digital-only art auction was held at Christie's Auction House and netted $69 million for the artist Beeple. Beeple, real name Mike Winkleman. Beeple's who, way better of a name. Yeah, creates a new piece of digital art every day and was selling the first 5,000 days, 13 years of his work. This is the watershed moment and proof of concept for digital art, which has been dogged by questions of commercial value, authenticity, ownership, and scarcity, said Bob Anders, boss of Israel-based digital art form Neo. Mr. Astavi and Bridge Oracle didn't immediately respond to requests for comment when contacted by the BBC. Yeah, mostly out of embarrassment. They're like, nah, I'm going to keep it. I'm not answering that. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about this, Louis? I mean, I'm glad people are, are selling their art and someone's buying it. I don't agree with the medium. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think they're throwing away money. I yep. mean, I'm throwing away money at tangible, actual, physical documents. Yes. And this is like uh, the first tweet. Like, why did you take a screenshot and sell that for $500,000? Yeah, you, you start selling prints of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> is that an original? Jack- <laughs> I, I'm selling my retweets <laughs> for a million dollars. I'll be at someone's house. They'll be like, is that a, an original frame Jack Dorsey first treat? And they're like, uh, yeah. And then I have to go through and like check the blockchain uh-huh. against some certificates. Well, somewhere. And I'm looking at some of that Beeple, Beeple's artwork and it's really good. It's, but I mean, why would you buy 5,000 prints, 5,000 originals, right? Like why wouldn't you just print them out? What? Yeah. He's got some cool stuff. Yeah. He's pretty good. I like the Beeple. I don't like the tweet. I'd buy the Beeple for sure. But not the, not a tweet. Yeah, well, I guess one of the things, maybe with the digital artwork, though, is if you get reprint rights. Yeah. So if I buy Beeple's work, I could put it on a t-shirt and make money. Uh-huh. But if I buy this tweet, who's going to buy a, a t-shirt that says, just setting up my Twitter? Yeah. He's got some good stuff. And uh, yeah, I like the Beeple. I never heard of him, but now I'm kind of into him. I'm yeah. glad we read this. 
<laughs> the moral of the story is... Beeple's cool. <laughs> always have Beeple at the end of your story. <laughs> I like it. Yep. That's it for today, folks. We want to thank you so much for listening. Of course, just a few quick plugs. If you want to support us, you can do so by giving us a five-star review on the podcast outlet you got this at. You can hit us up on Patreon. Just go to oddandoffbeat.com. Hit the Patreon link for as little as a couple bucks. You can get postcards from the road. You can get... T-shirts, stickers, stickers. you get warm hellos from us, Yeah, we'll text you in the middle of the night. That should be an an option. We should have like the tier, like random drunk text. (laughs) (laughs) You're You're number three on the the drunk dial list. (laughs) We will add you to our list of people we call to be our DD. Yes. So you can do that. For only $50 a month, you can drive us home from (laughs) the bar. You can pick us up. We will give you a good Uber review. <laughs> yeah, you do so. That would be awesome. We really appreciate it. And if you want to find out about- The five-star review or the Uber ride home. <laughs> if you want to find out where we're performing at, you can do so. You can find Louie's information at louiefox2x's.com. And you can check out Matthew Baker at comedystuntshow.com with an S. Yes, <laughs> with no X's. <laughs> spelled how it's normally spelled. <laughs> or you could- Go to ComedyStuntsHow.com. Oh, yeah. Also leads you to the, way, the same website. You were smart enough to buy it. <laughs> All right, folks. We want to thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Stay weird.